I'm Lou, and I grew up in New York City in the 1980s on a steady diet of comic books, Flame on! cartoons, rock and roll, and sci-fi films. Flash forward to the present, and all the geek properties I got picked on for enjoying as a kid are now creating fans globally in the form of major studio films and hit series. My fellow geeks, we have won. And to that I say, what a time to be alive. Hey, what's up everybody? Got a, a real like fly by the seat of your pants episode of What a Time to Be Alive. I'm here with friends of the show, Linda Swearingen. And yesterday, we just watched the Hulu original, No One Will Save You. It's been making the rounds, it's been trending, some buzzworthy news out there about it. The marketing is up in my face. Somebody recommended it to me. So I was like, yeah, let's watch this. We watched it last night. We both have feelings about it. And by the way, this is not a spoiler-free review. So if you haven't seen it and you're banking on seeing it, then you may as well skip this episode. But if you have seen it and you share the frustration, or if you like the film, Or if you don't plan to see it. Linda. All right. This is my opinion about this. First of all, I have to say... I need plausibility. I need an explanation. When I watch a horror movie, I want to know why something happened. Can, uh, do we think it's a horror film or is it... It's like an alien horror. Wait, like, wait, wait. Hold on. First of all, I did not hear any buzz about this movie. I didn't... Nobody recommended it. I knew nothing. And that's my favorite way to go into a movie. But the title, No One Can Save You, makes me think, oh, it's something spooky, thriller psychological thriller or horror fair enough before we go down the wormhole with this how would you best summarize like the log line of this film like like summarize what it's about um i don't want to do that i just want to uh, well we got to give context to the no, maybe, to the wapidation maybe i'm gonna do that at the end but let me I, I would like to just express my thoughts about this movie okay but lynn what i i I am so what are you laughing at? I gotta give. All right, let all me. All right, give, what are you asking? Ask me again. What do you want I, me I to just, say? Uh, some summarization of what the film is about, so that when we go down the wormhole of of your review you know or my take on it, that people know what, exactly what we're talking about. You know about. what? You know what? You're like saying, you know what? See the film, and you'll know what I'm talking no, about. No, no. You know why I can't do that? Because I don't fucking know what it was about. That's why, and I'm going to tell you why. But you can know how it positioned itself. All right, real quick summarization. No one can save you is no, no, no. What I would what I would best call an alien thriller. Okay, I just want to tell you my thoughts about this movie. I don't know what it was about. Okay. I can't summarize it. No one can save you. To me, never happened. Who is the no one? Who couldn't save you? What could be saved? What was it about? <laughs> who who needed to be saved and who? Who could have saved? This is and, crazy! It's crazy! And, who, and and saved from what? So it makes no sense. And here's where here's why, okay? I First of all, when I go into a horror, psychological thriller, or anything of this nature, I need an explanation, and something has to be explained at the end, okay? We start out the movie with this quirky young woman we're not sure what time period it is because she lives in this big old house. She's using a sewing machine. She's making dresses. She has a are... rotary phone. Wait, I'm going to tell you. She has the same pattern for every dress. I'm sorry. Yeah, the same shape 
of every dress in different colors and different patterns. She packages them and she brings them to the town. She hold on. You to bring sell up a, them. You bring up a, so we think she's selling them, right? Because they did. They just like kind of glossed over that that she was mailing a dress out. She was selling them, right? It appears that she was selling them. We see a postman on the way, and he gives her a dirty look. She packages it. She writes a little note. I think she puts a sticker. To me, like it reminds me of Etsy. Okay, great. She comes back home. We see dollhouses. She receives a new dollhouse in the mail. She has a rotary phone. She has like old-fashioned furniture. Um, so she's a collector of some kind. And I'm not sure if it was the 70s. Is it the 60s? Is it present day and she's just stuck somewhere? You see like her mother died. So what goes on? Then she goes, well, to, she goes to sleep. Why did you just tap on the couch? I'm she listening go, to you. She goes to sleep. Theater of the mind, Linda. She goes to sleep and she wakes up to sounds. First, I thought it was an animal in the house. I, I don't know why I thought it was a pig. <laughs> I saw like a pink thing. They showed you a thing and you're like, I is saw, that a pig? I saw a pig thing. She's hiding. Really cute, by the She's way. running around hiding from this thing who's trying to kill her. That goes on and on and on and on and on. Then we see it's an alien. Kind of like what you imagine an alien, big head. The, the prototype humanoid type human, alien with the big head, the big body, eyes. And she's trying to escape from it. This goes on and on and on. And I'm already rolling my eyes like, what is going on here? She finally somehow escapes. All right, I'm going to summarize because all the details are not important, and I don't. No, remember. no, no. But you're you you go you're going through details instead of telling people how this film should be packaged, what it's about, and I and I got that I, from, I'm, from I'm the not, trailer, the scant marketing. You details. could tell people after about how it should be packaged. I'm just talking about my problem with this movie. My problem with this movie is she's running away from an alien. She gets out. She tries to get help. Everybody gives her dirty looks and hates her. She runs back home. Yada, yada, yada. Then you see flashback. You see her writing to somebody. Is it her sister? And somehow you see she accidentally or on purpose or in a fit of something kills another girl with a rock. You were, you were jumping all over the place. But I'm jumping because what does killing her sister with a rock have to do with aliens? Hold on, hold no, on. No, wait, wait, but this can is you my hold problem that with you the hold movie. that thought for one wait, second? Wait, this is the problem with the movie. Lynn, for the, what Wapa, the, for the Wapa Nation, can you hold that thought for one minute? I understand you're upset, and I, and, I, and we, we definitely want to delve into that. For the people who haven't seen the film, <clears throat> quick summarization of... Tell me, because to me, I don't realize what happened, because to me, <laughs> she killed her sister with a rock. Somehow there's trauma. You are giving a ton of stuff away without me... Let Please. me provide the context. Real, it's, it, it'll take a 30 seconds, good, Linda. Because good, because I don't know what okay. happened. I don't know what I watched, and I watched it. Okay. I saw aliens, and then she kills her sister with a rock. The end. Roll credits. What the fuck just happened? You're very, I would love to know. You're very angry. I'm angry. Okay. I wasted two hours of my life. You know how many movies there are on Hulu, Netflix, everything else that I could have watched? Please, tell me what this to, movie was to, about. To provide some context on Linda's disdain for this film, No One Will Save You is about a young woman who finds solace within the walls of the home where she grew up until she's awakened one night by strange noises from unearthly intruders. Okay? That's it? That's, that's okay, so much then it. that happens. 
What the fuck does that have to do with her killing a sister with a rock and everybody hates her? Again, why does everybody hate her? Was that explained? Because if, if it was, I blinked and missed that part. So I'm, I'm with you. To me, okay. No One Will Save You was the type of film I watched and it had potential. But it really like... It went out of its way to be coy so that you could... And I hate this type of pretentious filmmaking. It's pretentious in the sense that like, well, no one can save you will will be about whatever you interpret it to be, which I think is a cop-out in the sense that this is the type of film that when it was over, I needed it explained to me. Any movie where you need to jump on Google and say, no one will save you ending explained, and there's like 40,000 entries for it. It was like an M. Night Shyamalan film, but with M. Night Shyamalan, I expected in his brand for some of those films to not make sense and for me to pull them apart and decipher them. He is very hit or miss peaks and valleys. First of all, there's hardly any dialogue in the film at all. Yeah, right? we didn't talk about that part. And you know what? I think... Not that part. It is a mainstay in the film. I think you're giving this movie, because I'm not even going to call it a film, way, way too much credit. There is nothing to pull apart. It is about nothing. It reminds me of... All right. Um, this is filmmaking 101, everybody. We want you, we're gonna give you this camera, we're gonna give you this stuff. Go, go, go make something. This is a kid's film, a college film that makes no sense. There is nothing to pull apart. There's no meaning. Well, that's the thing. They give you glimpses of a lot, but there's no connective tissue to, to tell you what those things mean. We get the sense that this young lady, Bryn, she lives alone in this beautiful home. We think it's a period piece because of her quirky style. Everything is very like 80s, 90s. She drives an old car. She has a sewing machine. The decor is very homely with a lot of lights strung up. Um, she has a chair and the she, she wears rug. Right. She wears nice like 1940s, 50s style dresses that she makes herself. She's very quirky. Listens to quirky music from that era. From the 40s, actually. I think it was from the 40s. From the 40s. She has a rotary phone. And I didn't tap into this being current day until she's going through the house. And I'm like, wait a minute. She has a flat screen. So it's current day. She's very quirky. We get the sense that the house was bequeathed to her. You know what? I have to say, I saw the flat screen and then I was like, is this on purpose? Or did the college student making this film make a mistake? (laughs) You know, because nothing was pulled together. I wanted to see something. Her mother died in a tragic event. She was traumatized. Well, we know her mother died. We don't know if it was a tragic event. We just know her mother's... Well, we know her mother died, but how did this girl get stuck right. in that time? But the, and it, that's the problem with this film is that... Nothing because, was explained. Because it's, 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 it's mired in ambiguity. They make you really do the work and think about it to figure out like, well, why is she there? Did her mom die... Who is she writing to? And then they throw in some sort of like flashback of a traumatic event to whom we, we think is her sister, her twin sister. It's either is her she's sister, with you? it's her sister. It might be her sister and it might be her friend. And some tragic event happened. So at that point, that she's after, responsible for. after struggling through over an hour of this movie, I was like, oh, OK, something's happening. But then when it was over, I don't know what happened. I don't know. How the aliens come into this? Was the alien was her sister an alien? What happened here? 
I could have told you in 10 minutes in that this movie was not worth watching. And when it was over, I was really, really angry that I, I mean, wasted all mu- so much time. Thankfully, it wasn't a theatrical release and we didn't have to head out to the And I would like and- to know who is this person that recommended that you watch this? Because I have some things to say to him. A, a, a colleague that I, I cannot <laughs> and, and will not mention by name, but I will have, I will give him my unfiltered review on on Monday, and I think he's messing with you, and he, he you did something to piss him off. No, he asked me. He asked, me he asked me to watch it. He's like, I'm I'm anxious to know how you feel about All it. All right, well, let him know how I feel. Indeed, I will. Yeah, for me, no one will save you. Was definitely a colossal waste of time. And by the way, it's it's a movie that, as an alien thriller alien abduction film really not only leans on a lot of past films of that nature it downright rips off a ton from close encounters of the third kind and i'm talking about specific shots in front of doorways and the use of lighting and light that a little poltergeisty too a little uh, bit with the electricity. Two movie, it's two movies for me it's steven spielberg's close encounters of the third kind that it lifts heavily from steals from even and M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, the movie with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, which is basically set in that kind of like farm, suburban, Middletown America thing where aliens come in, or it's based around sneaking around the house and getting glimpses of aliens that we hardly see. I am kind of done with the whole presentation of the humanoid-looking alien with the big head and the big eyes that we've seen ad nauseum over the years. I think they could have done something a lot more intelligent, cre- maybe? intelligent, you know what? Creepier and smarter than yes. that. You know what? This is this is the thing. If I if I watch something about aliens, I want to see like where are they coming from? What how are they watching us? Because somehow I think that it's a, another sign of intelligence, not just a little monster trying to kill you for no reason. I, Where's I, their ship? Where are they going? Who's in charge? Well, right? I, you know, I asked you Take about, me to your leader, right? I asked you a very philosophical question last night and I said like, do you believe that there's Oh, yes. Uh, that there's life and I other said, life no. in the universe and you were like, no. No, 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 no. I absolutely did not say that. I said, put that conversation on hold. Okay. Cuz that's a whole thing. Well, I put it on hold. Let's hold lifted, hold lifted. Well, hold lifted. Let's discuss this right now. In your heart of hearts, do you believe that life exists elsewhere in the universe? Okay. So I leave my mind open to that possibility. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I will leave it there. But I also don't need it proven over and over and over. Like, I don't need to watch all the shows that say, look, this is proof. This is the, uh, what is it called? The corn mazes. What's that called? Crop circles. Yeah, crop circles. And Signs. What, Signs did that. And what's the other thing with the, they built stuff. What's all that? With the Mayans? No. The um, pyramids? who built what i don't know some other stuff that is supposedly built by aliens stonehenge stonehenge okay wait but that's been an argument for a long time is that where did these historical gigantic structures come from how were they assembled stonehenge and the pyramids of gaza and the sphinx and things of that nature you mean to tell me that these like these slaves with no cranes and no modern construction type of equipment Move these gigantic 400 ton right, bricks. So, but this is what I'm breaking it down. I believe that there's a possibility of that. That's it. I don't need to dig deeper. I don't need proof. I don't need to say, look, 
look, here's, I'm like, you know what? It's a possibility. I'm going to leave it at that. What about the the um, actual congressional hearings that have been happening as of late about unidentified flying objects? The congressional hearings, the Congress and everybody who's, you know, in Washington and all that. I have other issues with them. So I, I a little bit don't trust what they're talking right, about. So, but, but you think this is like these are people who are saying these things have happened across the world, documented instances, footage and happenings. And it's now coming to light that like, yeah, these are these are UFOs now. Let me clarify what UFO is. An unidentified flying object. It is an unidentified flying object. Could be an unidentified plane. Could be an unidentified helicopter. Right. And that's the point that I'm Unidentified drone. Right. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that all too often we think that it's something that comes from an extraterrestrial civilization when who's to say it, it can't be something from say like a rogue nation like you North know Korea. I, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit off now because let's say you got drones and we're starting in the world to delve into AI and all that. So people could be easily fooled by things. That could happen. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. AI opens the door for a lot of fake. What I'm saying is there's a lot of ways people could be fooled. But do I think that aliens, you know, don't exist? No. I I leave it open to the possibility that they exist. So do I believe? I guess I say, I think maybe. That's what I'm going to leave maybe. it at. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not trying to impress how I feel. And my take on it is that I a thousand percent do think that life exists outside of our tiny little blue planet. Because I think it would be egotistical to think that we're the only life forms in this vast and infinite universe. The Milky Way galaxy alone spans hundreds of millions of miles. And there's a whole other uncharted universe outside of that. I'm not talking about like, you know, War of the Worlds and spaceships and flying saucers and and humanoid looking aliens with big eyes and they may well exist, but I 100% believe that there's life out there. Well, to bring it back to this movie, if there's intelligent life out there and there's other something else in the universe, this was like- They picked the wrong movie to be in. No! No, this was an insult (laughs) to to that, that belief that- you know, that question, it was an insult. They're just like little monsters running around killing you, trying to kill you for no reason. And then she easily killed it. That's another thing. It it, it, it really like insult. doubled down on that trope. That it's I'm, stupid. Well, it doubled down on a trope that I get sick of is that like the aliens are here to harm us and are hostile. But what I got out of it is I think in the third act of the film, they abduct the young woman and take a look inside her mind and... Find something in there that is so traumatic that they're like, this kid is traumatized enough and has been through enough. Spit her back out. They sent her back because of that. You know what? I, I have to say I kind of forgot that part because it was such a small, insignificant part. Well, it wasn't because that's where they showed you. But they didn't the tra- Wait, they showed you a glimpse of the trauma she sustained by, I guess, losing what we think is her sister and having something to do with her sister dying. We think she right. killed it. I say we think because they don't make it very obvious. And this is what I meant earlier about there being like glimpses of things with no real connective tissue. The storytelling here is done on a like a dream vision type scale and not very well done at that. I don't think it was even a story. Like if you asked me what this movie was about, I couldn't tell you. But the fact that they abducted her, looked inside her brain... I wanted to see who's looking inside her brain and then like see them. What was the purpose? 
It was just, it was, uh, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> you know, I, so obviously I looked this up after we watched And if you it. have to look up a movie, it's a, you know, double well, no. Well established. A lot of people were saying that it's a movie about grief, which to me, that is not as plain as the nose on my face. Half an hour to half an hour before it ended, maybe. Yeah. So, real quick, just looking at at the explanation of it uh, on the Hollywood Reporter. No one will save you, filmmaker Brian Duffield breaks down his alien invasion thriller's wild ending. Let me tell you something, Brian Duffield. If you have to break down your film's ending in Hollywood Reporter. You know what? It, Actually, I'm interested to hear it because all right. then I might, I might have more comments. So the sci-fi film begins with the high concept of an alien home invasion, but eventually widens its scope into something more affecting on a character level. Okay, so the character's name is Bryn Adams. Apparently, it says she accidentally killed her 12-year-old best friend a decade earlier. That's a huge misunderstanding because we don't know if it's her best friend or her sister. And her small town community of Mill River has turned her into a persona non grata ever since, resulting in a life of alienation inside her late mother's home. I think there were a million ways to make that a, li- a lot more obvious and entertaining. To pass time, she makes dresses, builds um, dioramas of her town, which I remember, I remember seeing she has like little miniatures of, of her town. She cooks, dances, and writes letters of regret to her deceased friend, Maud. When an alien invasion comes to town, Bryn gives an alien explorer more than it bargained for. And similar to Maud, she kills it in accidental fashion. Okay, so that's not a link I just made until, de- until now, is that she killed the alien almost the same way she killed her best friend, which is with a strike to the head. However, the alien was trying to attack her, and it's an alien. Recognizing her remorse and personal struggle to forgive herself, this is what I was getting at. The aliens free Bryn and give her the second chance that her fellow Mill River residents refused to do. Not a parent in this movie at all. Right. I did not get that. Here we go. And this was the ending that had had and have us ensconced in outrage. (laughs) At the very end, she dances in the Mill River streets with alien-possessed humans some of whom once rejected her as her own diorama has seemingly come to life. The world may be overrun by this gray alien species, but Bryn is now living the best life she can. Ultimately, the title of No One Will Save You says so much about the point of the entire exercise in that Bryn had to save herself and most importantly, forgive herself. I don't know about that. You know what? Too much work had to go into deciphering this film. This explanation from the the maker of the film gave me nothing. This gave me nothing. I didn't see any of that. And now that it's explained, I feel like I hate it even more. Right. And maybe maybe we're in the 1%. I feel like there's a huge demographic out there that can relate to and love this film. Really? I am not part of that demographic. So for me, What a Time to Be Alive gives No One Will Save You. One and a half pairs of wrecked pants, putting at the very bottom of my list. I lost a little over two hours of my life on this. I will never watch it again. 
This one did not do it for me. Linda, what do you got? No, you got it already. This is um, this was a very big disappointment. And I at no point during the movie was I like, oh, okay, this might be good. None. So no one will save you. Skip it or stream it. I say skip it. And if you decide to stream it, then uh, go with God or whatever it is you believe in. You know what? I'm going to say no one will save you from this movie if you decide to watch it. There you have it. Um, thanks for jumping on to this a very fly by the seat of your pants edition of What a Time to Be Alive. And just remember that What a Time to Be Alive can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, God damn it, wherever most podcasts can be found. So hit that download button and please subscribe so you can hear all the other episodes in the archives. And be sure to follow What a Time to Be Alive on the socials. And while you're at it, why don't you email me with your feedback and suggestions for future shows. That address is watbashow at gmail.com. Lou Acosta here saying thanks for downloading and listening to this down and dirty episode of What a Time to Be Alive.